Gabe, come on up. I'm going to bring a chair. You're going to need a chair. And I need, um, I need Cortland and I need Gabe to come up here for a second. And you guys are just going to tape him, tape him up. Tape him to that chair. Just wrap it around him. Get it good. Okay. It's just scotch tape. It shouldn't hurt that bad. So um, just, yeah, just tape him all up real good there. There we go. You got it? Okay. So, yeah. Is that all the tape that was on there? Is there another th any kind? Hang on. Don't go anywhere because I need more tape for this illustration to work. There's got to be some other kind. <laughs> Perfect. Bring it. We got the blue painter's tape. That's going to work. So, so they're going to wrap him up, and there's a point to this. I promise there is. So while they're doing that, Okay, I, I want to ask you guys this question. When is the last time somebody hurt you, either physically or even more, so, not so much, but emotionally? It can be physically, but yes. What, what do you got? 15 minutes ago, how did somebody hurt you? 15? Okay, that's probably good there. Um, your little sister punched you, okay? That's a good example. All right, thank you guys. You two can have a seat. Gabe's going to be here for, for a few minutes. Um, yes. You almost got into a fight with your friend at tennis? Okay. Yes. Were you the friend? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> huh? Your friend kept punching you? We'll slam the ball at you. Okay. Let's talk a little more about, like, not so much physical, but, but when was the last time somebody did some kind of a, they hurt you emotionally, they lied to you, or, uh, yes. Someone called you ugly. Okay, that's, that's an example. I don't know why they would say that because it's certainly not true, but what were you going to say? Your mom said you couldn't go to camp? Okay. All right. So that's, yeah, yes. A guy that works at the college yelled at you. What were you doing? Oh, the guy who's, did that really hurt your feelings, though? Oh. Oh, it scared you. Okay. So, but, so I want you to think about that. And those are all good examples, you know. Um, I kind of, I want you to think about the last time somebody really did some real damage. I mean, most of those, and I'm not going to ask you to say it. I just want you to think about it. Um. Most of those, although not necessarily all of those, are somewhat minor things that you kind of, whatever, you kind of move on. But, you know, like there's a verse in Psalm, uh, and it's actually, I've got this, this in your U version, where the psalmist says, God, break the teeth of the wicked, okay? And that's the kind of anger that I'm talking about. Like the last time somebody really did something to you that you were really super, like, legit angry, not just, okay, that hurt, I, I, we keep moving kind of thing, Okay. What emotions do you feel in that moment when you get hurt like that? You want to kill somebody. Anger. Sad. Yeah. What else? Are there any other emotions that might go through your head at that point? What would you say? Worthless. Yeah. Maybe even confused. Right? Sometimes, you, you know, just why would they do that? I don't understand. Were you trying to answer? Oh, what are you trying to say? Mad, yeah. 
Totally. So here is the big question that we're going to ask and answer tonight, and that is, how do I get past what this person does to me? Or when somebody does something to me that really hurts me on a, on a very real level, how do I get past that? We're talking about unmet expectations, and so, you know, when people don't meet our expectations of the way they treat us, when they hurt us, we have to figure out how to move on. Now, um, God's pretty awesome. I don't know if you guys know that. I hope you do. Um, but... I did not know Amanda was going to read that thing that she read tonight during, during praise and worship. I did not know that. She just mentioned it to me before service. She said, can I do this? I said, absolutely, go for it. But that story about Peter praying Jesus was, is my scripture for the night. That, that's, that's the story that I know, right? Mind blown. Mind totally blown. Um, but that's what I've been planning on all week to, to talk about. Now, if you don't know the basics of that story, I'm going to read the important verses uh, to you. We're going to start in, in John chapter 18. Again, this is all on the U version. It will also be on the screen. These scriptures will. Starting in verse 15, John 18, 15. Simon Peter and another disciple were following Jesus. This is when Jesus is about to be crucified. Because this disciple was known to the high priest, he went with Jesus into the high priest's courtyard. But Peter had to wait outside at the door. The other disciple, who was known to the high priest, came back, spoke to the servant girl on duty there, and brought Peter in. You aren't one of this man's disciples too, are you? She asked Peter. He replied, I am not. Meanwhile, Simon Peter was, and then we skip to verse 25. So some other stuff happens. Skip to verse 25. Meanwhile, Simon Peter was standing there warming himself. So they asked him, you aren't one of his disciples too, are you? He denied it, saying, I am not. One of the high priest's servants, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, challenged him. Didn't I see you with him in the garden? Again, Peter denied it. And at that moment, a rooster began to crow. So Jesus earlier had predicted that, that Peter, Simon Peter, was going to deny Jesus three times before the rooster crowed, okay? So that's why that last little bit is in there. And, and so if your friend, if you got in trouble, if you got in trouble and your friend immediately acted like they didn't know you, right? You may have experienced that. Some of y'all may have been there. You might can think of situations like that. that. That is where Jesus is. This guy who he's been hanging out with and not just hanging out with, they've been like doing life together, together all the time for three whole years. Uh, he's one of the inner circle. This guy just is like, no, I don't know him. I have no idea who he is, right? Have you guys seen like those memes or the, those pictures that say, you know, your best friend will post bail for you? Or your friend will post bail for you, but your best friend will be in jail beside you, right? Right? See, Peter is not doing either. Peter is like, nope, I have no idea who that guy is. That's Peter. He is not, he's, he just lets Jesus down hardcore. Okay, but now we're going to skip up to John 21, verse 15, and read four verses, or five, four or five verses. It says, when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands, and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. 
Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Jesus would, Peter would glorify God. Then he, Jesus, said to him, Peter, follow me. Jesus gives us such a cool example of what forgiveness looks like here. Okay, Jesus is about to die. He is right before Peter denies him. They're in the, they're in the garden, and Peter's letting Jesus down even then because Jesus is like, all right, guys, pray with me. And so Jesus goes over here, and the disciples are over here, and Jesus is praying so badly. He's so intense in his prayer that he's sweating blood. He prays for an hour. He comes back, and the disciples are asleep. And he's like, dude, you couldn't stay awake? So Peter's let him down there. Now Peter is actually on the process of being tried in this mock trial. And Peter, his disciple, his close friend, who's the first among equals, he's the first disciple that's always mentioned, Peter, James, and John. They're the first three, and Peter's always first. And, and so Peter, Peter's here, and Peter's acting like he did not know Jesus at all. Then we skip forward, and at the end of that last section, they're having a conversation and Jesus says, hey, follow me. In other words, come with me. Now, it's really easy for us when somebody, uh, like, fine, you act like you don't know me, then I'm going to do the same. Go away. Be done. We're done. This is over. And Jesus could have, and probably people would not have, have blamed him very much for that. But Jesus doesn't. He says, yeah, man, come back. Be, you know, you can be my friend again. Let's go follow me. You know, basically he's saying, okay. Get back in the car. Let's go. We're hanging out, you know. So Jesus shows us this great uh, demonstration of forgiveness. Jesus shows us this great demonstration of forgiveness. And so tonight we're going to talk about forgiveness. We're going to talk about some of the characteristics of forgiveness. And the first one is this. Forgiveness takes the focus off of me. So often when we're in that place where we've been hurt, we want people to feel bad for us, right? How many of you, like, you know, some of you guys, when you're sick, even if it's just like a little head cold, you want everyone to know, yeah, I've got, I'm sick. I'm sick today. Don't we do that, right? Like, you know, or God forbid you get hurt. Come on. Let's be honest. When we get that cast on, everybody wants to sign it. We love that attention. Yeah, yeah, I'm hurt. I can't, you know, I can't play. I'm on crutches. Oh, you, you want to hear the story? Yeah, I'll tell you the story. Because we just love when people are looking at us. It's natural for our inclination. It's our natural instinct to say, you know what? Yes, we want that attention. And, and, and when, when we are unforgiving, that's exactly what's happened. Right? It's like, yes, look at me. Do you see what that person did to me? Do you see what that person said to me? Look at me. Feel bad for me. And yet when we forgive, all of a sudden we don't get that attention anymore. The problem is this. When we refuse to forgive, we put ourselves above God. You say, how, how do you get that? Well, God forgave us, right? You know, that's what she was talking about. God forgives us repeatedly. And no matter what we've done, God continues to forgive us. And so when we don't forgive, we look at God and we say, you know what? I appreciate what you did for me, but I'm not doing that for anybody else. You might be willing to do that for me, God, but you know what? I'm just not willing to do that for somebody else. Jesus, even when he's on the cross, he says, Father, forgive them. Imagine, imagine Somebody is literally holding a gun to your head, and you know you're going to die. Would you be willing to say, you know what, dude, before you pull that trigger, just know that I've already forgiven you for it. 
Because that's what Jesus did. He's literally dying, and he says, Father, forgive them anyways. And so if he would do that for us in that scenario, how can we say, you know what, I'm not willing to do that over what somebody said to me or over even, you know, what somebody did to me? Holding a grudge only hurts one person. It hurts you. It's like drinking poison and hoping it makes your energy, enemy sick. Here's another interesting thing about forgiveness, and that is that forgiveness isn't fair. Forgiveness isn't fair. You know what fair is? Fair is the place you go to ride. You, you got to get on rides and eat, and eat, eat corn dogs and, and eat, and eat uh, you know, and eat elephant ears and, and that stuff. That's what the fair is, okay? Life in general is not fair. Your parents have probably told you that a million and seven times. But here's the thing. Forgiveness is totally not fair. And that's a good thing because if God had decided, you know what, I'm only going to forgive them when it's fair, we'd never be forgiven. We'd all be in, a, in big trouble. So, yes, you know, what, you know when, when we're in a situation where we say, you know what, I need to forgive this person, but it's just not fair what they did to me. God's like, yeah, I know. Forgive them anyways because forgiveness is not fair. So let's talk practical. We need to get practical steps here on what on what forgiveness means and how we do that. Because it's easy to say, I forgive somebody, but, but that, that has to show in our actions. And so we're going to talk practical about what, what the practical action steps of forgiveness look like. And the first one is this. Forgiveness means they don't owe me anything anymore. Forgiveness means they don't owe me th- anything anymore. Forgiveness doesn't require an apology. See, Jesus is having this conversation with Peter, but there's no record of before this, Peter saying, God, I'm sorry, will you take me back? It doesn't happen. The only thing that happens before that where they interact is all the disciples are out fishing, and Jesus helps them catch some fish. So before he's even talked to Peter, he has forgiven Peter, and he's helping Peter out. Right? They're out on the boat, and they're out fishing all night, and they catch nothing. And these are professional fishermen. They should be able to catch some stuff. And Jesus is standing on the beach. He's like, hey, guys, try the other side. And I just imagine these guys, they're professional fishermen. They're like, really, Jesus? That's, or they don't know who it is yet. They haven't figured out that it's him. He's far away. And they're like, really, dude? That's your advice? Try the other side? We've been out here all night fishing. You think we hadn't tried both sides? Jesus says, dude, try the other side. They do. They can barely get the fish in because there's so many in the net. So before Peter and Jesus even have a conversation, Jesus is helping Peter out again. He's forgiven him. So often when we get hurt, we expect a payment from that person. What kind, of, what kind of payment do we expect from people? We expect an apology first and foremost. Yeah, totally. We expect them to feel bad. Make it up to me, right? Extra time and effort. You know, like, hey, listen, you know, you hurt me because you said we were going to hang out and then we didn't. Like, you went and did something else instead. So next time, we're going to ha- next week, we're hanging out three times, right? We expect people to make it up somehow. Yeah, sometimes we just want them to feel miserable like we did for a little bit. But, but, but forgiveness, true forgiveness, doesn't want any of those things. It doesn't require them to make it up. Now, they may want to. They may feel that desire, and that's okay. But, it but you know, as the forgiver, it's not our job 
to lay down, I'll forgive you if you do this, this, and this, if you check off these boxes. That's not how forgiveness works. Forgiveness means they don't owe me anything anymore. Here's another thing about forgiveness. Forgiveness forgets. Say that five times fast. Forgiveness forgets, forgiveness forgets, forgiveness forgets. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, right? In 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter, it says love, it says love holds, keeps no record of wrong. Okay? It keeps, in other words, it doesn't keep bringing up the past. And that's so easy for us to, you know, five, especially for something really bad, sometimes years later, you remember that time you did this to me? That's not forgiveness. Jesus, and nowhere in that conversation that Jesus and, and, and Peter have, does Jesus go, I told you so. I told you you were gonna, I told you you were gonna betray me. Hey, you remember that time you betrayed me? No, he doesn't do that. He doesn't even bring it up. He just, hey man, if you love me, feed my sheep, follow me, let's go. He doesn't bring it up. And, 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 you know, sometimes we say we've forgiven somebody, but every chance we get to talk bad about that person, we do. Maybe not in front of them. But you know, oh, yeah, I forgave them. We're cool. But then the second they leave the room, next time you're talking, you know, hey, you remember that time they did that? Or bring it up to them next time there's a disagreement. Yeah, well, remember when you did that? See, here's the thing. Forgiveness forgets. And we have to, have to, have to, have to, have to do that. We have to not bring those things back up. And you may say, you know what, I can never forget that. And that may be true. It's not so much about whether you forget it or not. It's about whether you use it against that person. Right? We use those things as a weapon to get back at them later. But that's not how forgiveness works. And here's the last thing, and this might be the hardest one. Forgiveness sees the potential for the best. Forgiveness sees the potential for the best. It's so hard when somebody has done something wrong, and as a man, as a youth pastor and teacher, uh, this one really hits me hard. I'm going to tell you, there's a, there was a guy who, uh, at my church in Florida, who, he was just like, had no sense. You guys know what I'm talking about. He just always asked the stupidest questions, you know. He was kind of book smart, like he did well in school, but, but he, like, he just didn't pay attention. He just didn't understand anything. It was hysterical. And, and, you know, later on, we found out, not that he ever did anything really bad to me, but, you know, later on, a few years after I'd moved here, I find out he's like a high school teacher now. I was like, really, that fool? I was like, oh, my gosh, he's ruining generations of students. Like, like, you know, that was not me seeing the best in him. He deserves better from me. And I hope he's doing well. I hope he's a great high school teacher. I really do. But, you know, sometimes it's hard for us to see the potential. Say, so, you know what, that person did me, but, but they could end up doing this amazing thing. They could you know, they may have been really mean to us in a relationship. She may have treated me really bad when we were dating, but may, one day she's going to be a great wife. Or he may have done me really wrong, in, in, you know, when we were dating, but, but man, one day he's going to be a great husband. Or, you know, that teacher, 
you know, they might have really kind of treated me unfairly, but you know what? I I bet they've really affected some some people for the positive. Or, you know, there's all these different kind of things that it's one thing to see them in, in our hurt and our anger. It's another thing to see them the way God sees them, which is with tons and tons of potential to do awesome things. Lord knows that's the case with our little siblings. Right? Let's be real with our let's be real for a minute. Okay? And if you are the younger one, this might be a little different. I I don't come from that perspective, but you know, when we were 10 and 6 or 14 and 10 and Wes was just annoying the crap out of me, which he did. Not so much anymore. He doesn't do it so much anymore, but but you know what, if you had told me when if you had told me when I was 14 and he was 10 that you know what, 10 years from now you guys are going to be living together, you're going to live together for 6 years. And you're not going to kill each other, you're going to get along really great and you're going to love how he, you know, like having him at church and just the way he helps in both the youth and the worship ministry is just I've said it before, I'll say it again. One day I'm going to have to do ministry without Wes and it's going to suck cuz he's awesome. It's true. But if you had told me when I was 14 that I would be saying that in 14 years, 16 years, I'd have been like, who, that little turd? No. We got to see the best. We got to see the potential for the best in people. Now, I want to make a little side note here, a little, uh, little excursion here. Forgiveness does not mean putting yourself in a position to get hurt like that again. Okay? So, so let me say this. If you get cheated on in a relationship, because that's the one that is, that is very common and easy, I think you should break up with that person. I don't think they deserve necessarily a second chance from you. However, that doesn't mean you keep bringing it up to them. You keep subtweeting them. You keep, uh, you, you know, you tell everybody else about what a jerk they are, because they do have the potential to change, and you've got to see that potential in them. If somebody steals, if I go into business with somebody, and you know what, they steal all my money, and I forgive them, I might say, you know what, I don't want payment back. You know, you don't have to pay me back. And I'm not going to constantly bring it up, and, you know, I'm going to move on from it. And I'm going to see that one day you might be a great business owner. At the same time, I'm probably not opening up another business with that person. Right? Do, do we see the difference there between forgiveness and moving on and, and not holding it against them, but at the same time not putting ourselves back in that situation, especially when it is a repetitive negative behavior? We don't have to keep letting ourselves get hurt. It just means we don't hold it necessarily against them. We don't bring it back up. And that's a subtle difference, but I want you guys to hear that um, because you guys have seen and I have seen people who just keep going back to that same situation when they have a choice. Here's the last thing. Time for the scissors. <laughs> he's, like, he's been sitting here for 15 minutes like, I hope this is soon. No, there's a point. I'm going to try not to cut him while I do this. God, God, I'm no I'm kidding. Here's the last thing about forgiveness. Stand up. Forgiveness brings freedom. Forgiveness brings freedom. Mary Karen Reed, I want to read you this, this quote. She said, 
When deep injury is done to us, we never recover until we forgive. Forgiveness does not change the past, but it does enlarge the future. Now, that name Mary Karen Reed probably doesn't mean much to you. It didn't mean much to me when I found, when I, when I saw that quote today. But this was the final journal entry of a young woman who um, would end up being killed uh, by, by a shooter at Virginia Tech University several years ago. I think I was still in college when that happened. Um, but that was her last journal entry. And she didn't know what was going to happen, obviously. When deep injury is done to us, we never recover until we forgive. Forgiveness does not change the past, but it does enlarge the future. See, here's the thing. Jesus promised us life. What kind of life? Abundant. Yeah, I heard somebody say that. Life to the full, some of the versions of the Bible say. Right? That's what Jesus promised us. The problem is when we don't forgive, when we hold on to grudges, it holds us back from that abundant life. Unforgiveness leads to unfruitfulness. Unforgiveness leads to unfruitfulness in our lives. And and God has called us to, to bear good fruit, to show people who he is. And when we don't forgive, we can't do that. We can't live the life that he wants for us. Here's the last, last point about this, and that is that forgiven people forgive people. Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. It's like we said earlier, if God was willing to forgive us, how can we not be willing to do the same for others? I want you to close your eyes and bow your heads, and I want you to think I want you to think about who are you holding a grudge against? Who have you not forgiven? It could be for something small. But maybe you got really hurt. Maybe somebody really did something to you that, that you know, has had long-lasting emotional effects. And you say, you know what, I have not forgiven that. I'm still holding on to that. I want you to begin to ask God now to help you to forgive, to help you to not bring up the past, to help you to uh, not, not expect anything in return, not waiting for them to come and apologize, not waiting for, for them to try and somehow pay you back, but to forgive before they ask. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you, Lord, for the word, God, for the the example that you gave us of how you forgave Peter, Lord, in such a practical way. Yes, it's one thing to know that you forgive us all, God, but the way when when your closest friend deserted you and yet still you forgave him. God, that's such an impactful example and we're grateful for it. God, I pray right now, Lord, that whoever is in uh, our minds, God, whoever is is you're bringing to, to the memory of these students tonight, God, that they have not forgiven, that they're holding grudges against. God, I pray that you would help them to forgive that person. God, to not be ready to bring it up again, to not uh, expect some kind of a payback or revenge or repayment, Lord. God, but that you would help us uh, let those things go. 
God, that we would see the best in those people. We would see the potential for, for what you want to do through them, God, that we would see them the way that you do, and we would see, um, God, how you love and how you know and, and the way that you uh, look at the bigger picture, God, and what, what we can do, God. We pray that we would do the same, that when people hurt us, we would be able to see potential in them, that they're going to do great things for you. God, I pray that it would not be something that affects our, our attitudes, God, our emotions, even the way we treat other people because we're not forgiven people. We haven't forgiven. God, we thank you that you forgave us when we totally did not deserve it. And Lord, we just pray, God, that you would help us to do the same to those around us, God. God, we thank you for the positive change this is going to bring in our lives. We ch- thank you for the way people are going to see us forgive and they're going to they're going to be drawn to you because of it. God, we thank you for the way you work in us, Lord. It's in your name we pray. Amen.